0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, brothers and sisters, Hello, and welcome to the Afro-lution, the show that takes a deep dive into the life and work of artisans and creatives of the African diaspora. I'm your host, Jasmine Renee. And today, the topic is acting. And we are honored to have Ms. Gwendolyn Briley-Strand with us today. She and I will be in conversation about her career and her life journey. So let's begin. It's the Afro-lution, and now you know. The Afro-lution is sponsored by My Creative Spirit. Log on to MyCreativeSpirit.net for classes and workshops and other fun activities. www.MyCreativeSpirit.net the Afro-Lucian is also sponsored by Lavender Rose. That's L-A-V-A-N-D-E-R-R-O-S-E dot com. It's the afro Lution and now you know. If Ms. Briley Strand's voice is familiar, it's because she has been in many movies, plays, and voiceover projects. She is the voice of the grand opening of the National African American Museum of History and Culture and has an impressive resume of other voiceover clients and shows, including the Kennedy Center. The United States Postal Service and the Department of Health and Human Services. She is a graduate of Fordham University and is a member of Washington Mid-Atlantic Local of Screen Actors Guild and the American Federation of Television and Radio Artists. Ms. Briley Strand is a performer, playwright, educator, activist, wife, mother, grandmother, and a self-reported news junkie. Thank you for the opportunity to speak with you. How are you today? I am
1: well, Renee, and it is my pleasure to be here with you this afternoon.
0: Thank you so much. You are such a busy sister, Gwen, especially during Black History Month. Tell us about some of the projects that are coming up for you now. Well, right now, I'm working
1: on getting the virtual performances of my two one-woman shows uh, together since because of COVID-19, I can't be running all over the country like I usually do and like I have been for 30 years. So we're getting them on video and um I'm doing Zooms afterwards for the QA. Mm-hmm. So I've got I'm preparing those two. My shows are Harriet Tubman the Chosen One and Rosa Park's Such a Time. I'm also working with an absolutely wonderful uh playwright, um, Mary Hall Surface, mm-hmm. and we're uh working on developing a play. Mm -hmm. about the portrait of my grandmother,
0: Um,
1: and it is by uh, Archibald Motley, and it hangs in the National Gallery of Art in Washington, D.C. So she and I, uh, I'm collaborating with her, and she's, we're writing this play Mm -hmm. that we hope will be able to be produced and performed at the gallery in either the end of
0: 2021
1: or beginning of
0: 2022. Okay. Yeah, uh, Archibald Motley had a piece of art that was a part of the uh, Barnett Aiden collection that I've worked with the Barnett Aiden collection Ooh. many moons ago. Uh-huh. Down in Florida. Um so this piece that you all are working with is where is it again?
1: It's um he did a
0: portrait
1: and it's called Portrait of My Grandmother. Uh huh. And it's absolutely, um, of course, it's all of his work is, is fabulous. Right. This one is um, just, it just takes you into this right. portrait and it's there at the uh, gallery. And so they hired um, Mary Hall Surface right. and right. she brought me in. Right. And so what we're doing is creating a play about this portrait, about. Uh, and so we're just trying to um, uh, give you a sense of uh, Mr. Motley's life, of why he, what he got from his grandmother. So we're um, really going back to um, in time with this this portrait, and we're creating a play around this portrait.
0: Around the portrait. Uh is it going to be another uh one woman show?
1: No, we will have I believe we're uh working on about four characters. About four characters. In right. this one I will be playing The Grandmother. Okay. Um I used to play the daughters and the <laughs> daughters, but now I'm the grandmother.
0: <laughs> I hear that. <laughs> I hear that. I used to be somebody's daughter, somebody's pretty girlfriend. That's right. Yeah.
1: But you know, God is good because we didn't have to be here. So we're yeah.
0: still here that's definitely true so you have this impressive body of work from voiceover work to stage work to screen work um who are some of the notable actors directors or performers that you worked with well you know
1: over the years um i've worked with a lot I've, I've worked with many and um you just get to the point where you know you i i have learned to see people as people. So, well, you know, I just, um, I try not to get all hung up in other people's stardom.
0: Definitely. But
1: one of the, I guess, memorable, one of my most memorable uh, experiences is working on the film uh, Thurgood Marshall Story. And I worked with uh, Sidney Portier. Wow! And this man, he made such an and it was years ago, mm-hmm. but he made such an impression on me mm-hmm. because he was so generous mm-hmm. to everyone on, on the set with his time and um, so gentlemanly. Um, it was just it it that was a memory that'll stick with me. And Cleavon Little was also in the cast, and he's just, he was hysterical. Um, that is one, um, I got to do, uh, work on a documentary. It hasn't aired yet mm-hmm. with, um, with Spike Lee. And okay. he, yes, he's doing a documentary. Um, I believe it's America from 2001 to 2020.
0: Okay.
1: And so he had a lot of us and I just, um, recorded this, um, documentary with, um, Spike Lee, I think I went up to New York and I believe it was in November okay, and it was okay. during you know COVID so it was it was really woo, and yeah. it, but it was just such a pleasure to um to work with him um mm-hmm. I am a September 11th uh family oh so, m- one of my brothers who was an audio engineer mm-hmm. um he was killed in Tower One And so he was having people with personal stories. And that's why they started with 2001 and they're going all the way up to 2020. So Spike was someone um, I enjoyed. I enjoyed, I did a film with Renee Zellwinger and Kevin Bacon. Uh, It was called My One and Only. She was such, all I could say, she's a doll baby. She was just so nice, so much fun uh to work with i was on that set about two weeks and okay. it was it was just so she she was just so so nice um that was one um uh who else uh, a lot of people uh, yeah. uh kathleen turner she's a pistol
0: i, I, she, a pistol. I can believe that now and
1: that was fun uh serial mom um, that uh, that was the film I worked with him on. So I've, I've met a lot of really really great people, and um, I'm blessed. I'm blessed.
0: You you are, and you've just you've ha- you have this wonderful career. But let's go back just a little bit. When did you know that this was your gift and that you had to act? And why this? So this is going to be two questions. Okay. When did you know you had to act? And why? Why do you do
1: this? <laughs> well, you know, I, I realized as a child, at a young age, that um, I just loved the movies, loved the theater, and um, that this is some, I, I was just mesmerized by it. Um, I would, my, my girlfriend and I, we would go to the movies, and my favorite movie growing up was The Sound of Music. And we would go there, and I'd sing along, and I and and my favorite person growing up was Barbara Streisand. I mean, okay. this would, and as I got older, then I got more in tune with my people. But you know, at the early age, we didn't see anyone on the big screen
0: Thank you. or on
1: the little screen that looked like us. Thank you. That's but I loved the, the musicals and all of that. And so even as a child, I said, this is something that I just gravitated to. Right. And um, then, and my older brother is a, a singer, a musician. Mm-hmm. And he's been with his group, oh my goodness, almost over 40 years. He's the military guy in the Village People. That's your brother. That's my older brother. yes.. Okay. And so, you know, he, so I, I've had all my, my, my dad is a, was a Baptist preacher. Okay. So he had that, that gift of, of, of preaching and, and talking. Yeah. And so, um, once I got into like middle school, hmm. um, I, we had such great people in our community. That were working professionally in the, in um, Hollywood in New York. I grew up in New York, Mount Vernon, New York. Okay. And um, I told I want to be an actor. Okay. And I remember my mentor saying, No, no, you want to be an artist because okay. artists change the world. That's why I love interjacking. Wow. I love. All, I mean, all these poets, these women that put their their heart and soul into. It. And I said, Yes, I want to be an artist. And so from then on, I just, I, I just did all I could on the community level.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and then I decided this is what I would major in in college. And that's what I did and here we are.
0: And here we are now. So now on your website, you have a lot of work, but mm-hmm. the two shows that uh, caught my attention, of course, Harriet Tubman, -hmm. And the Rosa Parks show. Let's talk about those for a bit. Uh, You told me that Harriet Tubman. You performed. That's been in how many states? And you performed it in how many states?
1: That's been in thirty-two states.
0: Wow.
1: All I mean, and Canada. Okay. Um, I've even been to Israel, but that was to do a different, um, a different, um, video. But um, and I've been doing. Last year would have been. 30 years but at 2020 everything world stopped yeah so uh so this year uh will be taking that break this year will be um 30 years, 30 okay. years.
0: now did you write harriet yourself
1: yes ma'am mm-hmm. i did i wrote that i wrote it i, I had a wonderful director lenore Kellner. she then was the um, the director and owner of the Interact Story Theater Company okay. in Silver Springs. Um, she retired, sold the company, and she's moved on, but she directed it, and uh, we put it together. Um, I wrote it, and um, you know, I, I, it was the first time writing a play. Okay. Because um, the story started out as a short story, Okay. but she says you're an actor making a play. And so, um, through all of the, you know, struggling with the writing and finally uh, getting the script together, and it was divine intervention. Right. Because there are times when I, I, when I'm on stage and I'm saying um, the dialogue, I go, "Oh, that's good," and I know it was only the Lord that gave me (laughs) gave me those words. Um, But that uh, that has been an amazing, an amazing journey. For me, traveling all around America and the things that are going on now, and when we have seen the the boil of racism popped and the the ugly pus and infection that has taken over in this um, in the Republican Party,
0: yeah, and
1: I'm good. They got to claim it, right. they got to Claim it. Um, has been. I've seen so much of it over my 30 years. And I'm hoping that uh, because of the the spirit of Harriet and how I wrote it, that um, I hope to, I hope that I have um, affected the hearts of people and changed uh, their minds toward the, um, get away from this ugliness of racism. And then my next show is Rosa Parks, Such a Time.
0: Yes. and. Um... I've seen uh, Rosa. We yes. just saw and I interviewed you for uh, uh, Martin Luther King's birthday. Now, how did that show come into being? Well, I was
1: asked to write a piece for Chautauqua by the Maryland Humanities Council, and they wanted Rosa Parks. And so, of course, my quandary was, well, this was a very shy woman that didn't like to talk. What? So how do I stand up there and be Rosa for an hour? And she didn't like to talk. So that was, you know, my first bridge that I had to cross. But um, the more I read about her, and the more I, I delved into that time and into her life, um, I was able to come up with um, such a time. And, and it just reminded me I got the, the title from, um, from uh, uh, Esther. The Book of Esther, Okay. Where, uh, right, where uh, Mordecai yeah. told Esther that you were born for such a time as this, and uh, both of the titles of my play, the Chosen One, um, I got that from Bible too, because I believe we we are a chosen generation. Oh, really? So um, that's where, and uh, I got the idea when they commissioned me to write. Uh, the piece about Rosa and then I said well I might as well add that yeah. um to my repertoire of, of of shows I've also done um other characters for Chautauqua's but those two is those two characters I I kept on and decided to to travel with
0: okay and, and they are Rosa Parks such a time is just a it touched my heart. It was a wonderful yes. show. And I've seen Harriet Tubman at the uh, DC Black Theater Festival as well, okay. the wonderful shows. And I just want to lift you up and honor you with those. because I And I'm from Alabama. I was born and raised in Alabama. And mm-hmm. I even learned something about Rosa <laughs> that I didn't know when I watched the show.
1: Good. It was Good. just
0: a wonderful piece. So um, let's switch gears just a little. Um, we as people of African descent must pay tribute to our ancestors and recognize those whose shoulders we stand on. I stand on the shoulders of Hattie McDaniel, Mm -hmm. Rose McClendon, Henrietta Edmonds. Whose shoulders are you, Gwen? Whose shoulders are you standing on?
1: Wow. Yes, we do. We do stand on the shoulders of our ancestors. And um, I love Hattie McDaniel's also, yes. also. I, I was privileged to do a project about her for when they made uh, create her stamp. Yeah, for the yeah. service. Um, but I think I stand on the shoulders of women like Harriet,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Harriet Tubman, uh, women like Ida B. Wells. Yes, she. Oh. Mm -hmm. she was a woman almost single-handedly stopped the lynching of black people and as a journalist she was she was just a remarkable person that we don't know that much of she's not that famous in Africa in our African-American studies but she's getting there she's getting there Uh, another woman that I definitely stand on the shoulders of is the great Barbara Jordan yes oh my goodness Yes. oh my goodness i mean this was a woman of such dignity and stature and how she got in there in um in government and made a difference
0: yeah
1: as a black woman um another woman is ruby d yeah i love miss ruby i love she's another woman who even through all of the 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 work that she did in theater and in film, she was an activist. She was. And she got out there and got her hands dirty. So uh, those are the women. Those are the women that I admire and from our past and whose shoulders I stand
0: on. I, uh, full disclosure, I was flying from here to, maybe it was California. And we were on the plane and this flight attendant, black guy, came back and he said, "You know that's Ruby D sitting up front." And I'm like, "Really?" He was like, "Yeah." So, I I when we were leaving the plane, when we were uh getting off, I did see her. And by this time, she was in her wheelchair. I don't think she needed the wheelchair as much as to just get around the airport. She was using it. Right. And she was traveling with a young girl. There was a younger woman, maybe a woman in her late 20s early 30s was traveling with her Mm -hmm. and she had on the hat and the dark glasses and she was just kind of you know in her own world and I did take a good look at her and that was her but I didn't want to you know go up and say anything to her because I didn't think she wanted to be bothered Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and after working with Ntozake the way I did I realize when people sometimes when people are like that, they just want their own space.
1: right right. Okay. And, and that happens so much time. and Ruby D is such a part of um, my, my history because uh, her and Ozzie Davis lived in Mount Vernon where I New York where I grew up. Oh. Uh, she and her husband uh, used to go to Grace Baptist Church where my husband did and he she, they taught Sunday school. So um they were uh, such a part of the community and the, and she's one of the people that um I when I talked about we would see them on TV and we also saw them in the community centers and in the church and all that. so we as the 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 young uh younger generation in Mount Vernon we could aspire we could put our hands on who we aspired to be like and that was that 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 really fed my soul and my spirit growing up.
0: I can imagine it did. And correct me on this. Didn't Denzel Washington grow up in Mount Vernon?
1: Yes, he did. Yes, he Mount Vernon was full and heavy D and all right. of that. And Mount Vernon was full of people.
0: <laughs> yes, it was. full. Sounds like it was full of influential people. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. We're going to take a brief 30-second pause. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's the afro Lucian, and now you know. Pro-lution. and we're talking to Gwen Briley-Strand. And we're going to talk a little bit now about just the craft of um, performing and the craft of theater. We all encounter setbacks and disappointments. If you could share with the audience uh, one of the biggest setbacks that you've encountered from a career perspective, and what did you learn from this experience?
1: Mm, you know, um having um, been trained in, in school, um, uh, the craft of acting and um, the craft of, of theater, and my roots are on, in theater, mm-hmm. on stage. Um, you learn that um, half your job is auditioning, and the other half is working. Yeah. And if you, have, if you audition for 10, 10 uh, parts, and if you get one, that's a blessing. <laughs> that is so. Um, that um, so. I I learned all of the the hard knocks. I I learned um, all of the the um, not to um, get too wrapped up in any kind of fame or fortune. It was just the work. It was the craft. Mm-hmm. Um, my the biggest thing that happened to me. Was in two thousand and nine when I was diagnosed with breast cancer. Okay, and that was that was really um, something that you know took me aback. And I'm going uh, I mean because now uh, it's my life, right? That is um, so. Um, that was two thousand and nine, two thousand and ten, especially having gone through the um, having gone through the sickness, the illness, right. and then the surgery, and then uh, chemotherapy, radiation, and all of that. It's, it, my life changed. And it, what helped me get through it was performing. Performing, um, I was able to, I hooked up with uh, the Discovery um, Theater. Uh, It's Discovery Channel. Right. Um, And it's a a religious organization up in Grand Rapids. Okay. And uh, Michigan. And they they filmed. They gave me a camera and they filmed. They asked me, film your story. So I got to, and it's on YouTube. uh, Gwen's, I think the name of it is Gwen's Story of Cancer. Okay. And so I got to walk through that. I got to um to cry and laugh and and go through the experience of and and, spe- and I found that me doing that would help other women okay going through this because I'd never been sick before. I didn't catch a cold. And then when this happened, um I realized that that you know there is a purpose in everything. There is. And it was rough financially because I lost about 20 contracts that year. I couldn't work um, because then I was, Harry was very, very physical. Yeah. So I, 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 I couldn't work. Um, and so the year, that year um, was, a, was a difficult year, um, but I got to, um, I grew closer to, to the father Definitely. I grew closer uh, to to Jesus, who is the healer. He said, I, "I, I, he came that he would heal us, and all of that because my gift was given to me by him."
0: Yes, yes, yes. It
1: just gave me uh, more of a sense of a purpose and and self and um, a lot of things. So that I guess that was the biggest. Aha moment in my career, um, going in having health problems
0: and, and having health challenges and i'm so um, happy and honored that you were able to overcome those health challenges yes
1: yes, yes I, I am too, and I know it was like I said for um, all things work together for the good
0: that's
1: true and that's word that's Bible, so he you know I just try now. To live that, because he said, and I thank him, because he is uh, a light, uh, a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path.
0: Amen. And Amen. so, if
1: we just we just have the faith and believe the word, he'll take us through. Uh, he said, "I'll take you through the valley of the shadow of death."
0: Amen.
1: It's a shadow. It's
0: so, a shadow.
1: That's yeah. So I'm grateful, grateful to God. So that's why every day. Every day, and in 2011, colon cancer came. Wow. So, so that was another. But you know, having gone through it once, I, I you know, I had to get up, put on my, my boxing gloves, and get in my theater, and then I say, "Devil, is that the best you got?" And so, the, I, what I was so blessed—they caught it so early wow. that I was able to have surgery. And no chemo, no radiation, and, and just keep it moving. And
0: it was gone. Okay. It was okay. gone. Keep okay. it
1: moving. So I'm grateful. Every day I wake up and I say, I, devil, I and you are a liar. And it's so funny. I used to tell people that um, I'm so grateful to, to the Lord for how he has blessed me, that um, every day I wake up, the devil says, damn. <laughs> <laughs> He's, still right He's still here. He's <laughs> still here.
0: <laughs> still here down there raising it. Really? <laughs> yeah, see, really. See, that's it. That's it,
1: girl. Please. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what is? What are the? What are some common myths about acting? Specifically about voice acting? Or about uh, in person performance that you want to clear up um, and change. I'll start you off with this one. Uh-huh. That is easy. Uh, you know, every, a lot of my students, my friends. I could do that. I could do that. that.
1: It's easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that is one of the myths uh, 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 is that they think it's so easy. Right. And, and they have to realize public speaking. Is the number one fear? You know, they said that people are more afraid of public speaking than they are of dying. That to me just blows me away because I love public speaking, but um, they think that it's easy. They think it's all personality. You know, oh, you have such a great personality. So um, you, you know, people have told me I have a great voice. Mm -hmm. So uh, and they think that's but voice voice over the VO work that I do, the voiceover work that I do is voice acting.
0: It sure is.
1: And I tell so many young people, I said, first of all, how bad do you want it? Are you willing?
0: That's
1: it. Are you willing to put aside the, all of the monetary and all of that and love and develop the craft? Right. Because that's, that's what you have to pull from, the craft. And so um, I, I always say, read as much as you can. Yeah. Put all those words in, because when it's time to do improvisational theater and all of that, if you've put nothing in there, that brain, nothing can come out of that mouth that makes any sense.
0: That makes
1: sense. So, yeah. so that's it. It's not easy, but it's worth it. It's worth the 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 work and the toil and the time. That you have to put it and um, get the skills. It, it's a skill. Acting is a skill. You have to know how to use your voice, your body. You have to know how to use this imagination that God has given you so that you can create using your body and your voice. So um, these are things that um, it ain't easy.
0: It ain't easy. It ain't-
1: Easy, but it's wonderful. I mean, it's a wonderful, um, it's a wonderful gift to have, and you have to nurture it, and you have to feed it, because what you feed lives; what you starve dies.
0: You so. gotta say that again, because <laughs> I went through a period in my life when I didn't want to feed this acting side of me, mm-hmm. and it just dogged me everywhere I went. Listen. Dogged
1: me it doesn't it though. It's something that I found it was something that you just have to do and if right. you want to do it with excellence.
0: Right.
1: Then you get the training, you go to college, you take the courses, you do the community theater, the church, mm-hmm. you do whatever you can do to get the experience. And you learn and you just, you know, the Lord will, he will be that light unto your path. If that is what you are destined, if that's your purpose and that's your destiny and you are a believer, he will walk you right through. it.
0: Were your parents okay with you majoring in theater and pursuing that as a career? Not at all. (laughs) (laughs) Not at all oh but
1: i mean i understand it i understand it both of um they're from a certain generation i know um it was funny because my my father told me he says that if you want to be an actress uh that um that i'm not paying for college yeah and so and i'm he 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 wanted this the um the quote i think that most if not all black parents told their daughters, we want you to have something you can fall
0: back back
1: on. on. They want you, you know, they don't want you out there. And, you know, um, then, um, and even now, people say uh, a starving actor. No, uh, no, 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 I I don't do well with starving, (laughs) you know? So, they weren't and I understood and so you know it was uh it that was a quandary for me when I'm going off to, to college because when they're asking for um a major you know it's the liberal arts it's the you know theater and I was just so blessed that I got a full scholarship
0: oh. so
1: I got a full scholarship yeah. with with the grades and the test scores and all of that and so I was able to go and then once he saw, okay, she's determined to do this. And that's where I met Intajaki up in Boston.
0: Up in Boston, yes. yes.
1: At, in a workshop of um, when she, w- she was workshopping for colored girls. And what an experience. So um, the, once they saw that I was into it, and this is, w- I was determined, and they saw this was my gift. You know, my older brother's gift was his music. He has perfect pitch. He uh-huh. loves opera. And he ended up going into disco, but he majored in classical, the- you know, uh, okay. the uh, opera and all of- His music room has nothing but opera in it. I mean, you know, so, uh, but we follow that, those paths. And he realized, my parents realized that was my, my path. And they did what they could and they let me go on.
0: And they let you go on because they had to. Um, mm-hmm. Oprah said that when she wanted to uh, go to college and be in theater, her daddy told her, No daughter of mine is sleeping on some casting couch because that's what those that's parents right. a certain age, that's what they thought, you know.
1: That's right, that's the frame of mind that people, and um, Reverend Briley's daughter was not going on nobody's casting count. Um, And when you believe in the gift and the talent that you have, you know you don't, and so many, so many women of all um, black, white, every, um, you know, went that way and it's it's sad, but um, no, no, you don't, we, if you know that you know that you know,
0: yeah and you know
1: your gift you appreciate gift and you value what yourself you don't go you don't have to go that
0: way you don't have to go down there my my parents told me and and i always share this story with my students my parents told me theater wasn't a major and it certainly wasn't a major for a black woman they were like no and i didn't pursue my degrees in theater until they, uh, my mother had definitely passed away because she passed away when I was a teenager. Oh, My father passed away before I received my degree in theater, uh, mm-hmm. my bachelor's, because I have a degree in business and I went right. on to get a degree in theater. Mm-hmm. And he didn't see me do that because he just said that wasn't a real major.
1: Right, you know? right. A lot of times that, you know, they, and you can understand that they came from a different time. Yeah. They came And they knew the realities of these yet to be United States of America, they knew what they knew what we as black women yes. you know have to put up with and do. So and they wanted the best for their daughters. They couldn't conceive it. And when growing up, I didn't I, I didn't see anyone on me on TV that looked like me. Right. You know, so when we had um the nurse character, uh when um what's her Julia. name? Uh, yeah. Diane Carroll. When yeah. Diane Carroll came on, we said yes. Yes, we could look at TV and yeah. see us, and see us in. Um, and of course, it didn't help that she was a nurse, because then you know all of the 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 uh, mothers and fathers were saying, "See, you be a nurse and you would be a teacher."
0: Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. 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 That's the reason I think. Uh, even though I'm an actress, I'm teaching today. Is my parents were good with me being a teacher. Yes. Yes. That great, you know.
1: That, because that was, that was a job that they knew um, they felt safe with us having. And I understand that. I understand that.
0: Mm-hmm. So to, to, to carry that uh, sentiment just a little further, what advice would you give someone who wants to pursue a career in acting or advance the skills they already have mm-hmm. in the craft? Um,
1: I I would definitely um, and it depending on um, um, What age bracket they're in if they're still in um, Elementary middle Mm -hmm. high school college take some courses Take some theater courses get learn the skills of acting Um, I started um, uh, in theater um the stage is my first and so uh for me uh and i was a theater snob for so long oh film and oh, all radio oh no you have to be a real life you have to be a theater, a theater. theater. stage the yes uh but i have learned the intricacies of that camera and the um the the gift of uh, portraying characters on camera. But um, take some courses. Mm -hmm. Um, If you're, there are a lot of people that once they get out, uh, they're adults and out, um, then find some type of um, uh, classes uh, within uh, your community. Uh, You're very lucky if you're in the New York, uh, LA, Chicago, um, uh, Orlando, what other Atlanta, yeah. there's plenty of work. and there's plenty of courses, um, classes and things that you can do so you that you learn the craft, learn the craft, and you may find out that even though you want to be an actor and you want to go into that, once you get in it, you may find, you know, I'm better positioning the camera, I'm better as a director. Right. I'm. I'm bet. I'm better um, as I know how to put some makeup on some people, so they're right. fabulous. Right. So they can go into the world. Right. Uh, and find their own spot in the world. So right. that's what I always be ready to learn. Because once you get to the point where you know it all, then you need to die, go on to heaven, do or wherever you're going, and just go. But <laughs> you should learn. I tell my kids and my grandkids. Every day you should learn something new. You should
0: learn something new.
1: Every day.
0: Every day you should. That. that I teach my students the in the theater classes. I teach them the other crafts in theater beside acting. Yes. But that actor is only one person. Somebody had to dress him. Somebody had to help him with the lines. Somebody had to write those lines. Somebody has to light him. Somebody has to make certain you can hear him. Somebody had to build that set. There you go, you know, and all of those are different career paths in theater. Somebody had to sell the ticket. There you go. You know, and somebody has to advertise and support this show. It's all so it's it's a
1: world. And that's why I loved uh, it as my major in college, because I built it. We had a class in building a set. We had a class of voice class and yeah. how to use your voice. We had the makeup, I had to learn how to put on makeup, all of that, things like that. So you get to really touch in on all the aspects of the theater world. Um, and, and then you learn, once you get out there, that the, the people in front of the camera, a lot of times make less money than the people behind the camera. so if you are really all into the money part of you might want to you know look at some other aspects of the business
0: and find
1: out what speaks to you exactly find out what makes your heart sing you know sometimes i i have sat in some um some makeup chairs and i have watched the makeup person the the face my face was a canvas Yes, And they just loved, I mean, putting on the makeup and okay. all of that, and they wouldn't do any other part.
0: Exactly,
1: uh, They wouldn't, the, 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 the writers, and, you know, I found out from once I started writing that, oh, this is different. This is nice. You know, I know what my first gift is, but there are some, if you can put those words down on paper. Yes. That's an amazing gift, the ones that can look, sit back in the theater or in, uh, in front of a camera and decide where this person should be, what the blocking should be, you know? The stage manager, yes. what a gift that person has to have. He, he or she takes over from the director. Yes. Yes. They, so, you know, there's so much to the world of acting, of theater that um the training you you learn so much from training and from being in class your classroom and all these other teachers you just learn so much and you get to learn is this really what i want to do
0: is this right i mean and it's like anything else it's not for everybody it's It's not it's (laughs) not for and and you
1: can tell because i would have performed it, money never, it never entered my mind. Yeah. If I, I remember my first job um, when I went down to, I got downtown Off-Broadway and mm-hmm. I got a little stipend and I got um, car fare, you'd have thought I hit the lottery. Oh my goodness, I did have to pay my own car fare. I mean things, it was just doing the work. Doing the work was the love of it. Now, I, I know it's show business now.
0: Thank you. show <laughs> no business. Make no mistake about that's it. But
1: you it. have to love the work. Yes. And you have to do the work.
0: Right. And, and it's got to be something when that's in here. It's got to be in your heart. It's got to be. Because yeah. it might, you may never get the money. You may right. never get the fame. That's and it. It's got to be what's in your heart. and It's you know,
1: got to be. Or you'll be cynical about it, but uh, so it's got it's it's the heart. It's got to be in the heart.
0: It's got to be. So now, um, do you have master classes or workshops that um, we can access or take? You know, that's
1: one. Uh, that's something that I'm starting to look into to do because before um, before COVID, I was traveling so much. I right. really didn't have time for all of that. But once I've sat for a minute, uh, a 365-day minute, yes, yes. <laughs> and it's still going on, yes. though I have had my first shot of the vaccine. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. So I'm grateful. Pre- pre-existing pre conditions, we get to get that, that first. So I'm grateful for that. Um, it's something, because I, I have mentored and I have um, given um, classes like one class here here and there, but i haven 't you know put together um, a syllabus or a a, a, a whole session mm-hmm. uh, a master class that 's something that i 'm definitely as I start to get a little bit more seasoned right. and, sit, and sit and sit for a little <laughs> for a while that i 'm going to start doing it because um, I love. Teaching it. I love, you know, sharing the knowledge and all of that. So that's something I'm gonna look into.
0: Because that masterclass will make what we like to call that passive income. Yes. Because if you're, you you uh, videotape that masterclass, people can watch that, they can pay to watch that. That's, and that's you're making money when you sleep.
1: And see that that there you go. There you go. So uh, I, I'm definitely gonna look into that.
0: Definitely. So now where can our listeners uh, connect with you online? We like to give everybody everyone's uh, social media information.
1: Oh, well, good. Um, I have my website is see the fruits, F R U I T S dot com, and it's S E E dot okay. com that's my website and you can go on there my information is on there um if you a, a lot of times when people have seen the um the plays there's a, a segment where you can ask miss tubman something or you can ask miss park something yeah. uh but um my um my My email is on there. You can contact me through there. I also have two Instagram uh, accounts. One is just underscore Miss Tubman. M-S-T-U-B-M-A-N. And most of that is all of my Harriet work. So you can see all of the, through the years, the stuff that I've done. And my second uh, Instagram would be uh, G Briley strand Okay, and that's my voiceover work so you get to to listen to a lot of the stuff that I do and things like that and you can see the Awards I've won and all of that. So go to my website and enjoy it
0: and enjoy it And I do want to mention I failed to mention this in the beginning um, that you're the voice of the opening of the African American Museum. Well, I did mention it. Tell yeah. us quickly about that. How was you said Barack Obama's name? That, oh,
1: that was amazing. I opened. I did the opening right. of that. Um, so I was down there and I introduced, ladies and gentlemen. the president of the united states oh that was it and first lady michelle obama so that was amazing introducing um the bushes laura bush and president bush so all and every person that came on stage and they had a um performance at the kennedy center
0: right
1: Um, and i introduced everybody there so oprah and every i mean and that was that was amazing that was amazing gladys knight listening going to the rehearsals and watching gladys sounds the same live as if she when you play her record. she is phenomenal she is i mean but everyone Everyone um, getting to meet those um, Tuskegee airmen and all that. it was just that that Kennedy Center they um, they replayed it they showed it again
0: mm-hmm. this
1: year but um, that's something that people wanna um, if they get a chance if it comes back on um, on TV taking the stage is the title of the of the program at the Kennedy Center they'll they'll enjoy that. But, uh, President Obama, First Lady, I'm looking forward to meeting Madam Vice President.
0: I just, you. when I was watching the um, inauguration and I heard the announcer, I thought of you. Even though, because the announcer was a man, but I thought of you and I said, what a wonderful touch would it have been to have a woman of color.
1: I see, and I said the same thing. Right. Um, I said what they should have, because I got hired out of Los Angeles to do that here in D.C. Right. So, so I, and most of the time they do take they pick male voices for some reason, and well, I know why, but we won't go into that.
0: I was going to say we won't go into that. That's we another won't. podcast. That's but, a whole um, other. Podcast. But the opening of the African American Museum, of course, they were going to have a uh, a black voice and then yeah. a black female voice just put the right touch right. In. it did my it goodness did. my goodness Gwen. I could talk to you for hours and we'll have to get together again and talk uh, I want to take a moment and thank you so much for just talking with us this afternoon
1: Thank you. It was my pleasure,
0: Renee, and much, much, much success with this podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much. We've come to the end of today's show, but there's always more to learn and more to discover. To keep up with upcoming guests of the Afrolution, visit www.mycreativespirit.net. Thanks again to our esteemed guest, Gwendolyn Browley strand I am Jasmine Renee, And until next time, create art, create theater, create love, create peace. Rest in peace, Ntozaki. This is the afro Lucian, And now you know.